0: Beyond the News with Brian Lilly. Join the resistance on Facebook and Twitter at CFRA Ottawa.
1: Good evening. Special edition of Beyond the News tonight. If you've been wondering where I have, uh, where the show's been the last few nights, it's been during the daytime. I've been filling in for Rob Snow, as I did earlier today, spending several hours talking about, not only what's happening in Fort McMurray, but also U.S. politics, what's happening here in Canadian politics, talking about the senators' health, all of that. But with 80,000 people being evacuated in an area that, till a little while ago, was kind of the piggy bank for Canada, we decided that we needed to go live again tonight, continue the coverage of Fort McMurray and what's happening. It may seem the other side of the world, and in some ways it is. It's a several-hour drive from Edmonton. It takes hours, and I was speaking with somebody earlier today. She lives just outside Edmonton. She said the drive to Fort Mac for her is about five hours. That's like driving to Toronto. So that's five hours once you get to Edmonton. But this is a city in the middle of nowhere that is seeing 80,000 people evacuated. 80,000. Thankfully, the winds haven't shifted and it hasn't turned towards the work camps at the oil fields yet because that's where so many of them went. That's where so many people just turned and fled to because they couldn't go south to Edmonton. The fire was in their way and they turned north. They were directed north and they went to the work camps which house tens of thousands of people when the oil sands are doing well. But the oil uh, companies, often derided by people for political reasons, they simply told the many of the workers that were there still to leave. They told them to leave so that there be, would be room for the evacuees. And then some of the evacuees also just put on planes, some chartered by the oil companies themselves and sent out, flying them to Calgary, flying them to safety, but getting them out of the way of the flames that are engulfing so much of northern Alberta. Over the next several hours, we'll bring you stories from evacuees. We'll bring you stories of the fundraising efforts that have started. We'll bring you stories of people from here in Ottawa with connections to Fort McMurray or people from Ottawa that are are in or were in Fort McMurray until the, the flames spread. We'll speak with someone who knows exactly what's going on with the weather there and why it's not looking good in the coming days. But Canadians are a generous people, and they respond well, and already the Red Cross is reported high levels of donations. And my colleagues at the Rebel.media, we decided this morning that we were going to do something as well, and we're trying to raise money in conjunction with the Red Cross. We've got an Indiegogo page set up, and we're offering perks to try and get people to give more than $5. We're trying to, to encourage people to give more. We're trying to tap into our supporters who are generous to a fault in helping our fledgling media outlet get off the ground. We kicked in $10,000 ourselves, and already now $42,500. This didn't go live till six, seven hours ago. $42,000. Because Canadians want to help. Now, if you're a regular listener of this program, you know that I am a highly political person. I can be highly partisan. Just like the folks up on the Hill that are elected, I can be highly partisan. But in a time like this, partisanship gets set aside and people come together. And we saw that in the House of Commons earlier today when Ronna Ambrose, who represents an an Edmonton area riding, she's interim leader of the Conservatives, represents an Edmonton area riding. This is You know, as close a connection as you get to Fort McMurray, so many people that work in Fort McMurray actually live in Edmonton. They'll commute up for a few days of work, come back home. So she has intimate connections to this area. And today she opened Question Period not by attacking the government on an issue, but instead standing up and just asking, what are you doing? How can we help? and the response from the prime minister was equally as gracious.
2: We are all horrified last night to learn of the increasingly desperate situation in Fort McMurray. Our thoughts are with the residents and the surrounding communities and of course with the firefighters that are working so hard to put out these uh, wildfires. Mr. Speaker, can the prime minister please update all of us about what the government of Canada's response will be to these wildfires?
3: Honorable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, I'd like to thank my honourable colleague, uh, not just for her leadership in the House, but for her leadership as a uh, a colleague from Alberta, and all of her colleagues in the House who are responding to the devastation facing uh, people in Alberta, uh, and uh, know that we stand with you all. Uh, I spoke with Premier Notley last night and assured her that we will provide assistance. We're responding to Alberta's request for the provision of air assets in support of evacuations, firefighting. And delivery of essential aid. The Government Operations Centre is in touch with Alberta on an hourly basis. As the situation develops, we continue to identify federal assets that can be deployed in support of the response efforts. The Canadian Forces are deploying search-and-rescue helicopters, and a Hercules aircraft is now pre-positioned in Cold Lake with other aircraft on standby in Edmonton and Trenton. Uh, and of course, uh, for all Canadians who want to do something uh, to help out our friends, brothers and sisters in Alberta, uh, please uh, Donate to the Red Cross uh, where uh, the assistance will be uh, valid, valuable uh, and uh, appreciated.
1: Kudos to Prime Minister Trudeau and to all in his government who are doing what they can to respond to a crisis. At times like this, it doesn't matter what political party you're in, what political party you support, what TV shows you like watching, what music you like, what sports team you cheer for. It matters that we're all human. It matters that people are safe. And it matters that the people of Fort McMurray know that the rest of the country is there for them. I've seen the devastation that nature can bring about on a town. Three years ago, it wasn't Fort McMurray, Alberta, but it was High River, Alberta, that was devastated by a a massive flood, the flood of a century that ripped up overpasses, destroyed bridges, flooded entire neighborhoods. And then last summer I was out there. Last summer I was out there, and two years after the flood, there were still entire neighborhoods boarded up. The mildew, the mold, the rot set in. It was creepy and it was eerie. But there were still buildings standing there. Today, if you've seen the photos that are out there, and I've tweeted them out myself, the neighborhood of Beacon Hill. Earlier today, people were saying, oh, it's, it's only 80% gone. Well, I haven't seen a photo that shows me where the 20% is. There's nothing left to go back to except foundations. So we need to show the people of Fort McMurray that Canada stands with them. It was touching also in the House of Commons, and I'm sorry I don't have this audio, is speaking in French and the translation was back and forth, but the Conservative MP for Lac-Megantic standing up and saying that there were so many people from across Canada that were with them when they had the train disaster two years ago, and that he wanted the people of Alberta to know that the people of Lac-Megantic were with them. It may not seem like much, But knowing that the country cares, but then also that they show it by offering what support they can, really can mean so much. My name's Brian Lilly. This is Beyond the News, a special edition tonight. We'll go through over the next several hours what's happening. We'll speak to, as I said, to evacuees. Coming up shortly, we'll speak to Ezra Levant about the fundraising program we have started at The Rebel. It's... Gone up by $1,000 since I went on the air. It's rebuildfortmac.ca if you want to join in. We'll speak to a weather specialist we will cover. What needs to be done? We'll also speak to a conservative MP who represents an area near Slave Lake, which went through this just a, a couple of years ago. Stay with us. An important show tonight. This is News Talk 580 CFRA.
0: He's hated in official Ottawa, which is okay in our books. Beyond the News with Brian Lilly on News Talk 580 CFRA.
1: Brian Lilly, special edition of Beyond the News tonight. As I said earlier, when events like this happens, partisanship goes out the window. By the way, $43,665 in counting at rebuildfortmac.com, all the money going to the Canadian Red Cross, the local Red Cross to help the people of Fort McMurray in their time of need if you want to help. But partisanship goes out the window. And so you heard the exchange between Ron Ambrose and Justin Trudeau in the House of Commons. In the foyer earlier in the day, Tom Mulcair was equally nonpartisan in speaking about the need for the government to do everything it can and praising them for seemingly doing that.
4: Like all Canadians, uh, we've been shocked by the images that that have been coming out of uh, Fort McMurray. First and foremost, uh, we're reassured to hear that the Canadian government is going to do everything it can to help the Alberta government, which of course was already doing everything possible. The number one priority is to make sure that people are safe But uh, the images make it quite clear that there's going to be a need for a lot of help going forward.
1: Tom Mulcair in the uh, foyer of the House of Commons earlier today. You know, there will be a time and a place for partisanship to come back. And I'm sure at some point there will be criticisms of the way the government's handled this, one way or another. But today's not the day. Today is the day for all good men to come to the aid of the town. I don't know if you remember that, uh, that line, that saying from Typing Class, now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of the party. No, now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of their fellow Canadian. Ralph Goodale, the public safety minister, also speaking in the foyer of the House of Commons just before question period, detailing some of what the government's trying to do. Again, this is just some
5: because it is an extensive list. Uh, I want to uh, begin this afternoon by uh, telling the people of Fort McMurray that uh, all the people of Canada are very much uh, standing with them at this very, very difficult time. Uh, the, uh, the images that have been uh, in the media for the last uh, 24 hours about the crisis affecting that community. Uh, are surely heart-rendering, and uh, I'm sure every citizen of this country uh, wants the people of Fort McMurray to know that, uh, that they are not alone uh, in, uh, in facing this crisis. Uh, the, uh, the federal government has been working very closely with the, with the province of Alberta uh, over the last number of hours as this uh, uh, very troubling situation has evolved. There have been regular communications, and the, uh, the government of Alberta has done a tremendous job of coordinating activity on the ground uh, and drawing together the appropriate resources to make sure that there is an all-out battle against this uh, terrible situation in Fort McMurray. Now,
1: of course, the the province is the lead on this and always would be in a situation such as a a natural disaster, a forest fire flood. The province will be the lead or the, the local municipality, although in a situation like this, there's no local municipality left. People have been forced out. Now, Fort McMurray is a town that not a lot of people come from, but a lot of people go to. A little bit like Ottawa, but on a grander scale. This morning on the Bill Carroll Show, on the morning rush with Bill Carroll, they were able to reach out to Jason Blair. Jason used to work in this building at the TV station that's now CTV2. And he was saying that yeah, they knew the forest fire was out there, but it was supposed to be out of town. And there are certain parts of the country where you're just used to forest fires, but unless the winds change, well, you know, they're out there and they're fine and the firefighters will will take care of them. And yesterday morning, he said, that's the kind of day it was.
6: Yesterday morning, um, we got
1: up just like it was any other
6: day. Started work, went to the municipality, pulled permits for a house. I was going... So there was no smoke, you couldn't smell anything, you couldn't see anything. It looked like, you know, you had a little bit of a hooray that they got it under control and everything is going to be great. And then by about noon, the sky lit up and the smoke was everywhere. And then I really got nervous. It was about noon. I called my wife and said, I'm picking our son up at daycare. We're getting out of here. Told your you. son. He's two, two and a bit. That, I guess, would be every parent's first instinct, right? Let's go get the kids. Yeah. we. I mean, we have a 14-day-old little girl that we're running all over town and, you know, trying to prepare for. You don't mentally or physically
1: prepare for anything like this. Trying to escape town with a kid that's two in a bit and another that's 14 days old and you just wonder where are the essentials that I need that's what they were going through we'll continue to bring you stories like this including live check-ins with Odette Legault originally from Orleans out in Fort Mac now up next Ezra Levant on the fundraising that needs to be done I'm Brian Lilly this is News Talk 580 CFRA go now rebuildfortmac.ca
0: You're listening to the leader of the unofficial opposition, the rebel himself. Beyond the News with Brian Lilly on News Talk 580 CFRA.
1: Brian Lillian for a special edition of Beyond the News tonight. Just getting a call from Boyle, Alberta. Right now, one of the people evacuated uh, that I've been trying to get in touch with. We'll bring you his story later on, along with the story of Odette Legault, an Ottawa woman who moved to uh, Fort McMurray three years ago, had to flee yesterday, like so many people, that we've been hearing from all day long. The province of Alberta now says more than 1,600 homes and buildings have been destroyed by the wildfire. 1,600 homes and buildings, 80,000 people evacuated so far. Now we're hearing of the second wildfire a bit further to the west that's forced the evacuation of a native reserve, two buildings destroyed there. This is a major problem, and it's one that's going to require Canada to come together, to go across political lines, to to put aside politics for a while and just say, hey, We're Canadians. Let's help each other. And that's where my friend, my colleague, my my rebel commander, Ezra Levant, is jumping into the fray. Uh, Ezra, you got up early this morning. I think you were like me. You knew the wildfires were going on yesterday, but it wasn't until late yesterday that you went, holy cow, this is bigger than I thought.
7: Yeah, I mean, of course, there's always forest fires in the summer. has been since uh, before recorded time. It's nature's way of rejuvenating the forest trouble is there's a city of 80,000 in the middle of it. And that's when the fire broke into the city limits that all heck broke loose. And we all saw the footage of people fleeing town, just terrifying. And when I heard that Brian Jean, the official opposition leader of Alberta, that he's from Fort McMurray and his own home was literally burnt while he was in the legislature. I knew that the scale of this thing was unlike what we've seen in Canada before. So you know what? Our, Our viewers very very generous very patriotic and a lot of them have some ties to Alberta if not personally you know emotionally they feel that Alberta is sort of the good egg and Fort McMurray especially has fallen on tough times so we created a website called rebuildfortmac.ca. Which we thought was phrased positively, and we kicked things off with a ten thousand dollar donation ourselves.
1: Yeah, and that's from the rebel, the staff, the the supporters of the rebel, all of that.
7: Yeah, I mean, we just wanted to show that it wasn't just us virtue signaling and saying, "Hey, everybody, this is something good." It was, we we're doing more than just clicking like on Facebook. We're actually putting in some dough. I mean, we're not a multi billion dollar company, but, but we're you know we've been around for a year, so we can scrape together ten between us and our supporters. So we started with 10 grand. Last I checked a few moments ago, we were at 44,000 and 100% of the dough is going straight to the Red Cross relief. So we're not, you know, it's just, we're going to hand the check over and we're throwing in some bonuses. If people give a certain amount of money, we give them free perks. So not only are, is 100% of the dough going to the Red Cross, but we throw in fun little gifts to encourage people to stretch a bit.
1: Yeah, so if you give $160, you'll get a uh, uh, premium subscription for a year. If you donate $500, you get that. You're a member of the Producers Club and so on. I don't think that's why most people are going to give. But if it makes no, them give no. a little bit more, if it makes them say, you know, I was going to give 100 bucks anyway, I'll give $160 and, and, and I'll get this extra, hey, great. We, you know, and that's... That's something that we're normally trying to to get people to pay us for, not pay the Red Cross for.
7: Exactly. I mean, people give for the right reasons, which is to show solidarity, to actually make a difference on the ground. These little perks we're throwing in are, like you say, to get people who are thinking of 100 bucks, Maybe they'll stress to $160. Um, we're doing it on an Indiegogo page, so there's 100% transparency and accountability. We'll hand the check straight over to Red Cross. I thought we'd take a few weeks to do it. I think we're going to be at our hundred grand goal by tomorrow, so we'll keep going after that. And we're doing one more thing. Obviously, this wouldn't apply to folks in the Ottawa area, but we're having a sign-up sheet. When things have calmed down a bit in Fort McMurray, we're going to rent a bus or maybe more than one in Edmonton. Everyone will meet at the bus at, like, 5 a.m. We'll give everyone, you know, an egg McMuffin and a coffee. We'll drive from Edmonton up to Fort McMurray, obviously we're going to organize this in advance once the city's calm and safe. And we're going to do some real sweeping, shoveling, hammering and nailing, real physical work to help get things in order up there. And folks can sign up for that, obviously, probably if you're not in the Ottawa area. But once things have calmed down, we're going to have a caravan of actual physical help.
1: I I, I wouldn't be surprised to see people from the CFRA Nation join in, Ezra. I mean, um, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I've been on... Uh, Habitat for Humanity builds fairly substantial ones in this city, and and those are something, but I can't imagine the scale of the rebuild required in Fort McMurray right now. Yeah, I, I was listen, saying earlier that you know, yeah. being in High River, and you, you know, High River, you're a Calgary yeah. boy. Yeah. Um, it, the houses there may be boarded up, but they're still standing.
4: Yeah,
7: <clears throat> yeah, oh, I mean, there's going to be devastation. I saw a picture of Brian Jeans house that's the leader of the opposition it's it's just burnt to a crisp so you know i think i think a lot of it will actually be heavy equipment coming in to demolish things but we're just going to go up and do whatever's the most useful it'll probably be handing out aid and things like that i don't know but you know so many people want to do so much and i don't know i mean for me i'm an alberta boy at heart and you know that's a city that's had a tough time for a year because of the economy and oil prices, and now for this to come, it's just it's just the last, you know, insult and grievance. Thank God I was going to say there's no injuries. You know, that town's been insulted. This is a grievous injury, but thankfully no actual people have been hurt, just property. But that town needs some help.
1: No, it, it truly does. So uh Rebuild Fort Mac is the name of the website, 100% of the funds going to the Red Cross since... I went on air half an hour ago. It's gone up by $2,000. That shows you the generosity of Canadians. And, uh, and, you know, you and I don't normally give out kudos to Kathleen Wynne or Justin Trudeau or Ralph Goodale. But everyone's just pitching in and responding. I mean, the Premier of Ontario announcing this morning, right away, we'll send 100 firefighters and 19 other personnel to help. You know, and this is while Ontario's prepping to deal with its own forest fire situation. Yeah. But that's that's well, what you do when when your fellow countrymen are in in trouble.
7: Well, I'm glad to hear it. I mean, Fort McMurray has been a friend to the rest of the country, whether the rest of the country knows it or not, or wants to admit it or not. That little city has pumped so much money into the federal coffers, into equalization transfers. Mm -hmm. And as you know, Brian, so many people from the Atlantic commute. I
1: don't don't know if I've ever told you this, but my, my late father was a boilermaker. And he worked in Fort Mac years ago, and the guys used to make so much money that they would um, they would literally throw their paychecks in for raffles, and whoever <laughs> whoever won got the whole pot and would go away. <laughs> they would just leave. Uh, so lots of guys making lots of good money. Let me ask you this before we go: Describe Fort Mac for me, because you're the author of Ethical Oil, you're the author of The Case for Fracking. I know you've spent time up there. W- what is this city?
7: Well, the oil sands themselves are about an hour's drive away. So the city is this gorgeous town at the confluence of seven different rivers. Seven. So it's about yeah. Wow. It's rivers and parks and forests and, and of course, so many of the homes have been built only in the last ten, fifteen years. And that's the thing; it's a city that's sort of catching up to itself. And um, you know, there's some obviously some old timers there. But it's just – it's it's really a super place for people who love hiking, fishing, hunting, ATVing, because they, they make good money. It's Pound for Pound, it's the most generous city in Canada, according to the United Way. They just give so much to charity. Um, now, it's had a tough year, but the city itself is great, and you wouldn't – I mean, obviously, everything there is sponsored by oil companies or whatever, but the oil sands are a fair drive away. So it's just a gorgeous town. And when you fly in, you see the issue here because it is a speck of of dust in the midst of a huge, huge, huge forest. And wow. when that forest gets dry and when forest fires come, as they always have since time immemorial, that was the problem.
1: Uh, and unfortunately, we'll be bringing uh, people the weather forecast uh, coming forward from J.J. J. Clark in a little bit. It doesn't look good. and uh... You know, as far as far as how far away it is, I spoke to Sheila Gunn-Reed, our fellow yeah. rebel, earlier today, and she, she tells me from her home just outside Edmonton, it's five-hour drive. So, I mean, it's an isolated place. Ezra, thanks so much.
7: Thanks, Brian, and thanks, everybody.
1: All right. You want to join in the cause, it's rebuildfortmac.ca. As I said, we got up $2,000. As soon as I figure out how to, uh, how to log in and donate while I'm not on air, it'll go up by even more. And if you guys respond, I'll give even more. RebuildfortMac.ca. I'm Brian Lilly, special edition of Beyond the News, looking at the uh, wildfires, devastating parts of Alberta now. Back in moments.
0: Beyond the News with Brian Lilly. Join the resistance on Facebook and Twitter at CFRA Ottawa.
1: It's a bit of a moving puzzle, a moving picture here at uh, Beyond the News, as it is for the people trying to flee the wildfires in northern Alberta. I was speaking with Lowell Green earlier today. Lowell has uh, been broadcasting for more than 50 years. And I asked him if in his long career, and he covers covered many disasters, covered many national stories over the years. I said, have you ever witnessed a disaster like this where 80,000 people have just been told, get out of your homes and go now? And he said no, no. In in all his time, he, he's seen a lot of things. I mean, he might go back to, was it, hurricane? What was the hurricane that went north of Toronto? It just was in my mind, now it's gone. Goes back to that time. Doesn't remember anything like this. That's like the entire city of Canada being told, just after breakfast, get out now. How would you do that? What would you take? Would you be able to get out? And the difference is, instead of having Nepean and Ottawa and Gloucester nearby, you are very far away. In a minute, we're going to speak with Brian Jones. He's on the road, a group of friends who decided to band together and go in and do their own relief efforts. But earlier today, I was speaking with Sheila gunn Reid, my fellow rebel who lives just outside Edmonton. His family works in the oil sands. She knows Fort McMurray intimately and was talking to me about some of the troubles people were having. They're trying to flee town, but there's nowhere to gas up, and the nearest town is several hundred kilometers away. But listen to her story of Canadian ingenuity.
2: If they're not going to the, the camps north of town, which are where more, most of the oil field man camps are, they're trying to make the five hour drive to Edmonton. So There's wh- really what's
1: a... that drive like? Five hours is a little bit longer than what it takes me to get from uh, Ottawa to Toronto. But along that drive, you know, I can stop off in Brockville and Kingston and Belleville and Trenton and Oshawa and Whitby and Pickering. There are you're you're never that far from a town. That's not the case here.
2: No, it's it's really not the case. The only reason the highway exists going north is to get to Fort McMurray. There's really nothing in between, save for one or two towns. And those towns are small, little, tiny towns. And they're not equipped to handle the influx of people looking for fuel. So, yes, I I mean, the five-hour drive is, is looking more like 10 or 12 hours right now. And those towns have run out of fuel. But the good thing is there are some oil field companies that are stepping up and delivering fuel. We've got private citizens who are watching social media who are coming out on their quads and in their pickups through the ditch, bringing diesel and jerry cans of gas to help the people that are stranded on the road. I think just like the Slave Lake fire in 2011, um, we're seeing the entire country come together and sort of rally around um, this, town that has given so much to canada and to the economy of canada it's it's very heartening as an albertan it's very touching to see everybody rallying around us to help us when we need them the most
1: amazing coming out of their homes you know rural homes just getting on your atv and hearing that there's people stranded and going to them They're not the only ones. Brian Jones joins me now. He was uh, on the radio station earlier today. He was on with Evan Solomon on Ottawa Now. And, uh, Brian, you and a group of friends decided you were going to leave Edmonton, is it? Yes. uh, We're based out of Edmonton there, yeah. And you decided, okay, you're going to go and do what you can to help people. Where are you now? Uh, You haven't made it to Fort Mac yet, uh, and I'm not sure that you can, but where are you now and, and what's going on?
8: well we sent uh a total of about uh three cars um, we stopped in with actually two vehicles and walked in and went to buy 10 cases of water and ended up talking to the manager of sobeys and they gave us every case of water that they had in stock
0: oh wow donated
8: it um we ended up getting on the radio with you guys um there's support canada-wide um it's really remarkable um I mean, I'm from BC, and I'm out here, work, well, was out here working, and uh, actually, possibly just lost my townhouse in Fort Mac. Um, I just actually moved to Edmonton last week and had some of my stuff still there, but it sounds like it's gone. Um, all these people that, you know, it, it's a struggle out here, and everybody thinks you work in Alberta, everything's good, but truth of the matter is, you know, the oil's down, everything's down, and nobody's working, so yeah. we, I mean, every, everybody loses something, right? So.
1: Uh, I've got a friend that just moved out from Canada, lost his job. Um, what a year in! Uh, you know, so things things have been going down. I, I we get that absolutely.
8: absolutely. Yeah, so um, like I said, we uh, got together, and um, we got jerry cans. I had two other guys get a hold of me last night. That have been patrolling Highway sixty three and eight eighty one um, up to Anzac because. Like uh, Sheila said, there, these small towns, Wandering River, only has a hundred uh, person population, and
1: um, I, I'm guessing they, that's not a very big gas station then.
8: They actually have two gas stations because this is the Highway 63. This is the first place other than Fort Mac. So when you head south, Wandering River is the only place you can get fuel and food and all that. I was just in the store in Wandering River. They have a Burger King and stuff. Burger King is out of food. Um, wow. The store, the store shelves are empty. Um, it's it's not good at all to tell you the truth. But you know, um, I'm looking around here. Um, people people's spirits aren't they're dampered, but they're they're holding together, which is amazing to see. Uh, I'm actually in front of the volunteer fire department right now in Wandering River, and they're doing hot dogs and cases of water and all that kind of stuff. And it just shows that you know it's not people have been hashtagging on posts and stuff. Alberta strong. It's not Alberta strong. It's Canada strong.
1: Amazing, truly amazing. Uh, you and your buddies keep up the good work, there, Brian, and, um, and and keep in touch with us. Let us know how things are going. Uh, I told you off air we're we're raising money. The Red Cross is raising money. Uh, the whole country is is trying to come together. We've never seen anything quite like this. I, I can't think of a city of eighty thousand being told to get out, and and the devastation that's going on there. Uh, you well, you think you've lost your townhouse now, though?
8: Oh yeah, probably. On you know, the grand scheme of things, I got most of my stuff, and uh, right now I'm kind of kind of fighting with some friends because I'm one of these guys. I got firefighting experience for a Marine and all that kind of stuff, and all I keep seeing are people trapped on the north side of Fort Mac, and their dogs in their houses in Fort Mac, and their cats and their their pets, which to be part of their family. And I you know everybody's got to get safe and all that kind of stuff, but um trying to find a way to talk to firefighters and stuff about how some of us can get in there and we can try and get some of these families back together. Um, you know, people haven't talked to their daughters and sons and husbands and wives since this has all gone down and there's a lot of chaos, but, um, we're trying to try to do it. Right.
1: All right. Thanks. Thanks for the time, Brian. And, and, no and, and thanks for, wow, selfless work. Thank you so much. Just a bunch of friends getting together, heading out in a car, heading out in several cars, delivering water delivering gas what they can truly amazing beyond the news special edition on the fires in fort mac i'm brian Lilly. back in moments
0: he's hated in official ottawa which is okay in our books Beyond the News with Brian Lilly on News Talk 580 CFRA.
1: Since we went on the air an hour ago, the fundraising campaign at Rebuild Fort Mac has gone up by $4,000. Maybe you heard Ezra Levant, my, uh, my compatriot, my partner at the Rebel.media, about half an hour ago speaking about this, the fundraising campaign. Our goal was to raise $100,000 over a week or two. We've raised forty six thousand one hundred and twenty dollars so far, all that money going to the Red Cross, and we're offering perks to try and get people to give a little bit more. Instead of just texting five dollars to the Red Cross, can you give $160? Well, then you'll get something. Can you give five hundred? We'll give you more. We're giving from our pockets at the rebel, if you are giving substantial amounts to the Red Cross. And if you can't give that much, still go to Rebuild Fort Mac. Rebuild Fort and and donate now. Uh, you heard Sheila Gunn-Reed earlier uh, talking about how people are coming out of the woods to to deliver uh, gas and water and supplies to people stranded on the side of the road. You heard from Brian Jones, who used to work in Fort Mac, had just moved to Edmonton and him and a bunch of buddies got in the car. They're up in Wandering River delivering food, uh, delivering water, delivering what they can. Well, Glenn Stromquist was one of the people that was evacuated from Fort Mac yesterday. Uh, He's someone who's been in and out of the city over the last several years for work. That's correct, Glenn? That's correct. Uh, But yesterday, you you were just up volunteering for an event, and they came around, what, they they banged on your hotel door and said, uh, you're checking out?
9: Actually, I was out of the hotel. Um, I had driven over to the uh, downtown Walmart to pick up a few things, and... uh, uh, some of my coworkers phoned me and said that the hotel had just got evacuated and they were going to head north um, out of town the way uh, the way it was recommended for them.
1: Yeah, so my understanding is officials were in town saying, "No, you can't go this way. You got to go that way." Depending on where you were, trying to divert people away from the flames.
9: Exactly. They they had um, closed off the south access at that time for people going south, unless you lived past a certain point but anybody downtown which included us or um they were to go north
1: okay uh you you've lived in lived in northern alberta for some time
9: now about 24 years yeah
1: have you seen a wildfire quite like this one
9: not personally i've i worked in the forest industry in bc for quite a few years so i'm i'm no stranger to wildfires but this is, this is probably one of the bigger ones I've seen, and um, how it changed status so fast. It was, it was quite a sight. Yeah, uh, that
1: you know we were, uh, we were speaking with Jason Blair at the radio station earlier today, and he, he said he walked into town hall to uh, to pull a permit. He's a real estate agent in Fort Mac. I don't, I'm not sure how many of his listings are still standing, uh, but walked in to to pull the permit. Said everything seemed fine, and then within an hour or so, it was get out of town. Was it really, well, exactly, was it really that quick for you?
10: It
9: was. Um, I, I walked out of my hotel late yesterday morning, uh, walked over to a Smitty's restaurant. Uh, I had a bite to eat. I wasn't there that long, and I remember walking out and seeing all blue sky, because it was quite smoky the night before when I got in. Mm-hmm. And I saw, I saw all blue sky and, and couldn't smell much smoke. I thought, oh, they must have got it under control. Things are pretty good. Went in, had a bite to eat. I came back out, and there was just one huge column of smoke coming back over the hill. It was almost like a bomb had gone off or something.
1: We're uh, we're not really used to forest fires in of this scale anyway in the Ottawa Valley. Uh, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of uh, forestry still in the region. We got a lot of woods, but. What's it like when you need to be evacuated? What was running through your mind when they said, "Go now, do not pass go"?
9: Well, I had I had just turned on one of the local stations and I was listening to updates, and uh, they were they were just updating the various subdivisions that had mandatory orders. Then they came on and said the whole downtown area needs to evacuate. Um, I headed out to do that, and I looked in every street, every back alley in downtown. Fort McMurray, which isn't a really big area, mm-hmm. it's just gridlocked. So I just stayed put um, in the Walmart pocket parking lot, watched the events unfold from there. I stayed put there for an hour or two. There was about, well, oh, probably a couple of dozen other vehicles doing the same thing. Then when I heard they'd opened the south access, I, uh, I ventured out then, and an RCMP said that they'd um, opened all the north, the northbound lanes to southbound traffic. And just to just to get the volume out of the city, so that's when I headed out, which was about eight o'clock last
1: night. And you're in St. Paul, Alberta, right now. How far away is that from from uh, Fort Mac?
9: It's probably about five hours.
1: Okay, uh, so you you are definitely in the safe zone now. As just seen on CTV News Channel, they were saying di- different neighborhoods and the the loss of. Uh, real estate, the loss of homes, 90% in waterways, 70% in Beacon Hill, downtown, one home lost. Uh, and, and I think that there was one area they listed off that is um, no damage for now. Yeah. yeah. For now. Uh, so, Glenn, uh, what is it going to take to rebuild Fort Mac? I, I know you don't live there, but you've been in and out over the years. Um is is it worth going back in to rebuild is is this something that uh, the community will recover from
9: oh they will um they're very resilient up there it's it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of money bottom line
1: okay well we'll do our part to uh to keep raising funds it will be a drop in the bucket i know uh the federal government's doing what they can the provincial government in alberta is doing what they can Uh, As I was saying to Ezra Levant earlier, uh, this is the type of time where you put partisan politics aside and everyone just comes together and says, hey, we're Canadian, how can we help? Exactly. All right, thanks for the time.
9: No problem, thank you.
1: Glenn Stromquist calling in from uh, St. Paul, Alberta tonight, one of many people who was uh, evacuated yesterday. On a day, uh, you heard him say, clear blue skies. Clear blue skies and then... Get out. I can't imagine what it's like. What would you do? What would you take? You know, I think of, you know, you'd want your, your wallet, your passport. Do you need medicine? You'd want photos. Well, you know, these days a lot of your recent photos are in the cloud, but, but what about the, those boxes in the basement from when you were young or your kids were young? that aren't on your phone, that aren't on your computer? Do you want to take your computer? Are you organized enough? We had one interview with uh, a guy earlier today saying, hey, he was looking for a box that his mother had left him, and he'd set it aside because it was important to him, but then in the moment, where did I set it aside? Can I find it in time to get out? And I can only imagine what your mind is like trying to go through that, trying to figure out all the things that you need to to pull together. What would you do? Right now, if you are able to give, I do want to ask you again. If you want to donate directly to the Red Cross, please do. If you want to donate to our campaign that we're doing through the Rebel, all the money will go to the Red Cross, and we're chipping in. We chipped in from the Rebel, $10,000. And we're asking others to other companies to do the same if you can do it, hey, chip in. can you match our ten thousand no- dollar donation don't you don't even have to match it to us, but match it to the Red Cross. Y- you heard the prime minister that's where the money needs to go. Put it to the Red Cross. Why? Because in situations like this, here's what the Red Cross does. They go in with emergency supplies, they go in with emergency housing. There's only so much of that you can do in an entire town that's been evacuated, but they also do. Registrations. I spoke to a woman earlier today whose daughter had been evacuated, but she didn't know, the daughter didn't know where some other friends and family were, hadn't been able to get in touch with them. Well, that's when the Red Cross steps in and says, who are you? Where did you leave from? They will register you, and then if someone is looking for you or you're looking for someone else, they will be able to find you and match you. It's the type of vital, vitally important services that we don't think about, that mostly we might associate with third world countries where refugees come from. But right now, we've got a massive refugee problem in our own country 80,000 people. As I keep saying, that is the equivalent of evacuating Canada. Don't go away. We've got a lot more to come. We've got Ezra Levant standing by. Sorry, Ezra Levant was earlier, but we got JJ Clark standing by. He's taking a look at the weather. It doesn't look good for Fort Mac and the firefighting. Not at least not over the next few days. We'll talk to JJ. We'll also speak with a conservative MP from Alberta who, you know, very familiar with areas that have been through this. We'll speak with Bill Forche, CTV reporter on the ground. I'm Brian Lilly. This is Beyond the News Special Edition, looking at what's happening in Fort Mac.
0: Beyond the News with Brian Lilly on News Talk 580 CFRA.
1: Of course, a big factor in what's happening. In Fort McMurray, Alberta, is the weather. It has been hot. It has been dry. They have not had the rain, I'm supposing, although I don't know this for sure. I'm supposing they didn't have the usual amount of snow that would have saturated the ground, would have resulted in a spring runoff. And so here we are, the beginning of May, and they're having huge forest fires. J.J. Clark is, of course, the weather guy at CTV one He joins me now. J.J., you've been looking at the next few days in Fort McMurray. It's not... Not
4: hopeful in terms of the weather helping them. It isn't, Brian. We have, uh, this is an El Nino year. We'll start at the beginning, and therefore it has been drier, you're right. Less snow. And they've got four things working against them for fighting fires. Number one is the heat that you mentioned. Record high yesterday for Fort McMurray, 32.4 degrees. On on
1: May the 3rd?
4: Yeah, and their normal high is 15. So they're they're like us, normal high in the mid-teens. That's where we... Would be at yeah, this time you know, of year.
1: I, I was telling you off air, I was speaking to a friend in Kelowna, and that's much further south and a little bit west, but even they were hitting 28 yesterday, and that was at 7 in the morning. Mm-hmm. They were hitting
4: 28, yeah, and right, I thought, that's that's odd. Right now, Saskatoon and Regina are both at 31, so incredible heat. That's one problem for them. Number two is the fact that it has been very dry, and the air itself is very dry. The relative humidity is in the teens. That's like being in vegas or phoenix yeah Um, in
1: vegas when they hit uh, humidity in the 20s they start complaining
4: yeah exactly that's right so i
1: mean that's desert-like conditions true and then you've got a fire going
4: on you got a fire going on and you don't have any rain in the forecast until maybe maybe on monday So all of those things kind of working against you. And if this buildup of heat and humidity or lack of humidity, but buildup of heat does trigger a thunderstorm or two, then you've got lightning strikes on top of that. And that will create more fires because the ground is just bone dry. Man. And so they they just they don't have any weather working for them at all. It'd be great if it cooled down. There is a cold front coming through uh, in the next couple of days It'll get them down into the twenty one twenty two degree range that'll help a little bit, but that's not for another forty eight hours so until then it is hot it is windy it's tough tough to fight fires in those conditions yeah you know i I,
1: I would have to guess that the wind might be once the fire started. The wind's got to be the toughest thing for them because that just whips it along. It gives the fire the oxygen, which right. is
4: fuel for fire. True, and then it just spreads it. And yesterday, the main problem was the shift in the wind. They weren't expecting it to shift. It did, and suddenly uh, you have to get out of there real fast because yeah, now it's coming your way. D- I
1: don't know if you heard the interview with Jason Blair, who used to work uh, in this building years ago, um, real estate agent in uh, in Fort McMurray now. He said he went to go pull a a permit uh, for a house he's trying to sell. Mm -hmm. And uh, everyone thought, "Okay, well, the fires are on the outside of town. And then within an hour, it became get out. That's right.
4: Yeah. I mean, just so dramatic. Yeah. He had to run to daycare to get uh, uh, one child. And his wife is bouncing a two week old baby on her knee as they're driving out of a, a town that's on fire. Um, I remember when my kids were that old, it was tough enough to get them out the door to, to, to go to a, a playground, never right. mind evacuate. Right. So uh, the lesson that we can all learn from this is to be prepared. And uh, if you've got uh, two minutes to get out of the house, you've got to know where your first aid kit is. You've got to have a flashlight. If you have very important documents. Medicine. Uh, medicine. Uh, all of that has to be good to go in just minutes. And that's exactly what that family found themselves in. Uh, are we looking you said an El Nino year so mm-hmm. I mean what does that pretend
1: for the rest of the country I was, I was speaking to a caller in uh, Thunder Bay earlier today and he you know his regular caller to the the radio station and he said you know what we we've had uh, a pretty good year for rain he's an older guy follows the weather he says we've had a pretty good year for rain and we had a decent amount of snow so mm-hmm. he, he thinks they're good this year in Northern Ontario in the east they are but What about the rest of the country? Is this El Nino year a
4: a signal that maybe this is really rough for for fires? The hallmark is for very dry weather. Take the drought in California that's been going on for a year or two, Mm -hmm. maybe even a little bit longer. So those are the conditions that you see in the West in an El Nino year in the East we were pretty close to normal. We got a couple of big waxes of snow this year. Yeah. Uh, 50 centimeters, 51.6, and one day in February. That was a record for us. And a couple more 25 centimeter snowfalls. So we averaged out a little bit below normal with snow, but we got enough. I think the so, gr- growers are going to be happy. Uh, Ontario and Quebec, probably not a really
1: bad year, no. but out west. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I think Saskatchewan, La Range last year had a, uh, really bad fires, as it were. So. Uh, they could they could be looking
4: at the same thing again down the road. They have a very high risk. I was looking at a map just an hour ago of uh of fires in Alberta and Saskatchewan wow. because they're both sitting in the low 30s at the beginning of May and it has been very dry. So, we're okay in the east. It looks like we may be seeing a reversal of this El Nino and we'll end up with a La Nina. And uh, that will mean a cooler pool of Pacific Ocean water. And that could be beneficial for the uh, farmers out west and for the Um, forest fire situation in the coming months. I'm sure they could use it. And I'm sure they'd be happy with it and
1: blessed. Uh, Jay, thanks so much. J.J. Clark is uh, the weather guy at CTV Ottawa. I'm Brian Lilly. This is a special edition of Beyond the News, looking at what's happening in Fort McMurray and the wildfires spreading through that town. 80,000 evacuated. Still cannot fathom that. Back. In moments.
0: Beyond the News with Brian Lilly on News Talk 580 CFRA.
1: I've been telling you about the fundraising effort that we're running through rebel.media for rebuilding Fort McMurray. All the money will go directly to the Red Cross. Uh, it, we're As a company, we put in $10,000. Personally, in the break, I just donated $500. We get 10 more people donating $500, I'll donate another $500 out of my own pocket. Not out of company pockets, that's out of, that's out of mine. If we can get 10 more people before the end of the show to donate $500, I'll double mine. There's a challenge to you people. We've been talking all night about what's happening in Fort McMurray. And um, we've heard from people that were evacuated. We've heard from people that are close to it. I want to bring in Chris Workington now. He is the MP for Grand Prairie McKenzie. Uh, Chris, you are parts of your riding, I guess, are parallel to Fort Mac, but you're a bit further west. Uh, But you're dealing with many of the same issues. There's more wildfires around Edmonton right now, just outside of your riding.
11: Well, well, there is, and actually, I'm just hearing, uh, I haven't confirmed yet, but I, I do hear a uh, rumor that uh, high level, which is in my constituency, is currently being evacuated. There is a fire that has started just outside of the, the, the town limits, and, uh, and it's causing significant smoke, and so we understand that there are people that are being asked to, to leave their homes as we speak, so this is, this is really an issue that is... Uh, that is transpiring, and it's transpiring by the minute across the province, uh, especially in the northern portion. We've we've obviously had unseasonal uh, warm temperatures, and uh, and obviously uh, the the, the, uh, the you know there's these fires that are that are that are starting, and uh, you know it, it's it's uh, definitely straining resources that exist, and so um, you know frankly it's it's quite a quite an incredible thing. All
1: right, I look, uh, Chris, you you've been in and out of Ottawa as an MP since 2006, so. You know, when I say J.J. J. Clark, you know who I'm talking about. Right. He's he's the uh, the weather guy, and we were just talking right. to him about the weather conditions. He was looking at a map and, and said, you know, straight across northern Alberta, northern Saskatchewan, it's going to be a rough time. Uh, the name of the community, high level, you said? High level, how, that's right. How yeah, big is yeah. high level?
11: Well, high level has several thousand people that live on in the community permanently, but it, it also really houses a significant portion of people that, that live— uh, in the community seasonally to to do work uh, throughout the throughout, throughout the area. So uh, I think my the last stats were the the town had about 500 residents. There was about a 500 uh, hotel rooms that that uh, really uh, you know service the the industry in the surrounding area. So we're looking at about 10,000 people. I I haven't yet have not yet confirmed. Okay you know, who's moving or if they are yet. But but I'm looking at uh, Twitter and some of the others, uh, some of the other accounts, and they're saying that there's a fire that has started and that the ex, uh, and, the, and, and, they're asking people to leave.
1: And that's just one of many. That's um, one of many. Yeah, that's he, right. You're writing, you, your colleague, by the way, uh, his last name's escaping me suddenly. Yeah, David Junaid. D- yeah, that's D- right. David Janay. Uh, he, he replaced Brian Jean when Brian stepped that's down right. to, to move to local politics in Alberta. Right. Um, Last I had heard was Brian Jean's home was destroyed, but David wasn't sure about his.
11: Right, and I think everybody is. Have have
1: you heard anything?
11: I've not heard. Um, I think everybody we're we're hearing from hundreds of people that it cannot confirm as to if or not their their home is uh, you know being affected by this. We we did chat with the with the federal um, response team that that is managing the the federal response today, and basically what they've said is that you know they're not asking for the information as to what houses are are there and what houses are not. Basically, what they're doing right now is is trying to protect the the, the essential infrastructure. So we're talking. About the the bridges, we're talking about uh, some of the essential infrastructure that will will ensure that the community uh, can can move on from this. And so they're not even looking at the numbers of houses at this point. We we understand that there's been over 1,600 structures that have burned. That's the the, the provincial total total, and that's a couple hours ago. So the, I'm sure that that number has has increased since then. But uh, right now, you know, the, the, the focus is on the essential infrastructure to to ensure that some of these these high-value assets um, are retained. If the bridge goes, obviously, that cuts off the entire access oh, wow. to the northern portion uh, of the city and to the people that, that are now, um, that have moved north. And so uh, yeah, well, the, the I mean, primary preoccupation is for that.
1: I was talking with uh, Ezra Levant earlier, and uh, he was telling me that uh, Fort McMurray has, you know, it's the confluence of seven rivers. I didn't realize that. Here yeah, in really. Ottawa, here in Ottawa in the Ottawa area, we've got three. We've got the Rideau, the Ottawa, and the Gatineau just across the other side in Quebec. Um, you know, I can't. I a bridge goes out in this city, we're in trouble.
11: Well, because there is no, there's no other alternative. There is no other uh, way out. That is the only. Uh, that that is the only way in. The only way out. And so. Uh, the, the, the bridge is an essential piece of infrastructure, so it's important that they continue to, to monitor that and make sure that that's protected. That's probably one of the most important and most essential infrastructure projects in in the area, obviously for the for the necessity of of, of getting people in and out.
1: Speaking with Chris Workenden, he's the uh, MP for Grand Prairie Mackenzie, which is east of where Fort McMurray is, uh, with the massive wildfires, of course, dealing with his own wildfires in his riding. but um Chris I I, I want to ask you I know that uh we've just lost him I don't know what happened I just heard a snap crackle pop uh there goes the uh, the phone ringing again hopefully we'll get him back um but uh yeah. Ron Ambrose was speaking earlier today about how uh the the government was offering up uh, opportunities to brief MPs. Uh, Ron Ambrose herself had sat down with uh, Justin Trudeau and I believe Ralph Goodale and received a briefing. And they were op- they were offering briefings for MPs from the region. Uh, Chris Workington's back with us now after losing a match. Uh, Chris, I, I want to ask you, I was saying that Ms. Ambrose had said that she received a briefing from the government and that, that they were opening up these briefings to give MPs from the region a sense of what's going on were you able to take part in in, in any of those?
11: I, I, I was, and I, I'm thankful for that. It was helpful in terms of getting information. It was also important to give uh, to give them some feedback in terms of what we're hearing from the communities. But. Uh, uh, really, it, it demonstrated that that everyone was working in the same direction, making sure that that every effort and every resource was being just deployed to to protect these communities. So, uh, you know, it, it reassured me uh, to to a great extent that uh, that that things are being done. And uh, you know, I, I think what's, what what it demonstrates is that everybody is rowing in the same direction and working to to protect these communities.
1: It truly is. And uh, you you read a moving statement before question period today. It's one of the reasons I, I thought I've got to ask Chris to come on tonight. Um, but um, but also many others did. And Roger Cosner, Liberal MP from um, from the East Coast, who worked for many years in in Fort Mac. We're going to play his statement later on. Um, but I want to ask you about this. I mentioned it earlier. This is the, the type of time when partisan politics is just set aside and everyone says, what can we do? How can we help? Right. As someone that's in the thick of it, even more than I am on a daily basis, what's that change like? And, and is, it, is it heartwarming? Is it uplifting when you know that your communities are the ones that, that are being hurt, that need the help?
11: Well, in Alberta, we always like to help people more than be helped. We always want to be the the, the folks that are out there uh, doing the heavy lifting for others. But uh, today, we are on the receiving end. You know, the, the receiving end. I, I did have a colleague that uh, that comes from Black and and today he made the the call for. Quebecers to give uh, money to 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 uh, Fort McMurray to the effort to, with the Red Cross and it was a, a moving tribute because of course it was just a couple of years ago that uh, that Alberta citizens were were giving money to contribute to to, lack, to the disaster in Lac Megantic so it, it really is heartwarming and something that uh, is quite moving.
1: Yeah, that was uh, Luc Bertold, conservative conservative MP for uh, megantic Larabla. Or Megantic maple syrup, as I might say, right? Uh, and you uh, received a standing ovation in the house. I, I watched that, and 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 then I watched uh, Ron Ambrose stand up. It, you know, first question: You you guys did get into the partisan questions on other issues about Iran, about the budget, uh, about um, you know the the vanity trip down to L.A. for uh, right. for Minister Freeland, but question period opening up with, we're in trouble. What's the government doing to help? Right. That that's something different, and and it shows that in a moment like this, we can all come together.
11: Well, I think on something like this, where it is clearly a human tragedy, I think most uh, most people have set uh, set aside partisan politics and just said we have to get. Uh, the job done. We have to roll up our sleeves and make sure that that every life is protected, that every uh, asset is protected, that homes are are protected, that businesses are protected, and that we have a plan moving forward to rebuild these communities. Yeah. And uh, frankly, we are going to work lockstep with the government uh, to make that happen. We're we're, we're hopeful that uh, the government will dispatch every resource that they, that it possibly can. Uh, to make that happen and obviously we're going to work to ensure that our constituents, the people that we represent, are well served. And and in this case, that means collaborating with the government and, and working lockstep with them. And so we appreciate the fact that the government seems to be responding. Uh, allocating every resource that is available uh, to the effort. And and quite frankly, we've always said if the government is doing the right thing, we will praise them, and today we are praising them.
1: All right. Chris Workington, MP for uh, Grand Prairie Mackenzie. Thanks for the time, Chris, and uh, all the best to your communities. Uh, Send me an email. Let me know how things are going out there.
11: I will do. I intend to be there tomorrow, so thanks so much, Brian.
1: All right. Uh, We will continue to follow this story. Bill Forche, CTV reporter, on the ground, standing by, and we will bring you his report shortly. Um, the fundraising effort that we have over at the Rebel.media just shy of $50,000 now. When we went on the air, it was $42,000. we are at $49,500. I told people if we get 10 donating $500, I'll double my donation by the end of the show. I'm Brian Lilly. This is Beyond the News, News Talk 580 CFRA.
0: Listening to the leader of the unofficial opposition, the rebel himself, beyond the news with Brian Lilly on News Talk 580 CFRA.
1: The challenge remains. We'll see if anyone's willing to take us up on it. We get 10 10 people donating $500 to the rebuild Fort Mac campaign before the end of the show. I'll double my donation. I donated 500 out of my own pocket. That's on top of the 10000 that the rebel put in. But if we get 10 people donating $500, I'll double mine. This is, um, I don't know, this is just something that's touching me. Uh, Bill Forche is with CTV Edmonton. He is in Anzac, Alberta right now, just south of Fort Mac, and uh, Bill, you're being moved right now. They're trying to put in a mobile hospital where you are. Explain to people how far south Anzac is.
10: Okay, it's about 50 kilometers south of Fort McMurray, where we actually were. Uh, That's where the uh, emergency operations center was. Uh, We were located there, uh, and then the plumes of smoke around the noon hour picked up uh, to the north and to the west, and, uh, you know, like nothing I've ever seen before, with, you know, in literally minutes, you could watch as the Uh, massive walls of smoke and fire came towards us on both the north and the west, so we had to evacuate. And they've been slowly moving the entire emergency operations center here to Anzac. Uh, So we moved here. We saw the mobile control unit of the RCMP move here, and now they are moving this mobile hospital unit here to help treat uh, any patients they should find.
1: Wow, that is incredible. Now, so 50 kilometers south, Um, let me just help... put this into perspective for people in Ottawa. Um, if you're leaving downtown, that's like getting to Kempville and then being told that's not far enough away. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that, that, that is a significant distance. Uh, so are, are, are you in danger at this point or is it just that they, they want to move the perimeter back?
10: Uh, at this point we're safe. When we were at the, uh, where the emergency operations center was, uh, they felt that it wasn't safe. And, uh, it changed very quickly, and that's how these wildfires work in these heavily forested areas. When the wind picks up, as it is right now, you can probably hear it from time to time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can change so quickly. And when when uh, <clears throat> the fire to the west, pardon me, hit a ridge and started to come over that ridge, we could see that it was probably two kilometers from where we were. And uh, we were actually doing a live hit into our noon newscast. Oh, wow. And, uh, and officials came over and told us, you have to go. We're We're all evacuating. Everyone's leaving. We have to go now and so we finished up our hit saying well we actually do have to end this because we are being evacuated right now so we uh, we moved out uh and as we were moving i took some iphone video and it was uh, pretty stunning you could see the fire just about to crest uh, the ridge of this hill a couple kilometers away from us and it was a massive fire
1: uh, bill have you have you put that out on social media is that something you can share with me uh, email to me
10: I should be able to uh, in a little bit here once we get out of Anzac okay because of all of the people on their cell phones here. Oh. It's a very rural area. The cell yeah. phone towers are few and far between, and right now the bandwidth is uh, is very um, uh, hard to come by, yeah. I would say, because no. so many people are using their phones.
1: I, I, I understand, and uh, you know, getting in touch with loved ones is more important, but that's something I'd love to share with the audience before the end of the show if we could. You bet, uh, So yeah. I- if you can share that. and. And and, and way to one up me as a reporter. I, I thought you know, breathing through the tear gas in the Quebec City riots was something. Mm-hmm. But wow, being told you've got to leave and you can see the the flames coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh so you report out of Edmonton. That's uh, right. You know, I, back when I was a, a roving reporter for i R A, I'm guessing it was the same. It's same for you. You, you cover a wide area, well outside of the, the downtown. And so Uh, you're used to covering forest fires. It's a regular occurrence. How does uh, this one compare to what you normally see?
10: Well, I would say I cover at least three forest forest fires, wildfires every year. Uh, Of course, they vary in size. Uh, before now, the biggest I've ever covered, as your listeners may remember, is the Slave Lake wildfires of 2011. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the biggest national disaster uh, of the year in 2011. It was it was huge. There were uh, somewhere between 300 and 400 homes lost, uh, and it was just a, a massive disaster the Lakes Alberta had never seen before. And,
1: and now uh, we're – so so Slave Lake was three to 400. Right. No, now we're looking and at 1,600 and growing.
10: Right. So the, to give some perspective – already and this fire is still happening right now as as we speak there are homes on fire in fort mcmurray there are buildings on fire and we just got an update that there is a fire that has jumped highway 63 that's the main highway from edmonton to port and back the only highway in fact and is heading toward the airport so there's a creek in its way the prairie creek if it jumps that it could be very hard to hold it back from the airport and that is an international airport
1: yeah, well, I mean, this is the airport that uh, that brings everyone in from uh, from the the uh, from the West Coast or from the East right. Coast. Uh, the, right. You know, I, I'm looking at it now. So it was on the western side of Highway 63, and That's right. and now it's jumped to the eastern side of Highway 63.
10: That's right. That's one of the so, two fires in the area.
1: Okay. Now, is help me out here uh, because I don't know the geography. I, you know, I know Edmonton, but I, I haven't been up to Fort Mac. Uh, When we hear of the oil companies sending out evacuees on their private chartered planes or planes that they rented from somebody to get them out, send them to Calgary, send them to Edmonton, send them to wherever they can— is that going out of the Fort McMurray International Airport, or is that from a different airstrip up by the work camps?
10: That would typically be from Fort McMurray Airport, which of course uh, all flights suspended in and out of there now, unless of course they're doing helicopter flights. There are multiple helipads uh, at these at these facilities that can be used, but typically, yeah, when when flights are chartered, uh, typically they do land at Fort McMurray International Airport.
1: Uh, unreal. Uh, mm. Bill, stay safe, my friend, and mm-hmm. um, and keep in touch with us over the coming days. Uh, 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 maybe we can talk again tomorrow and uh, and get an update on where things are. But uh, all the best to you, your friends, your family. I'm sure that uh, as a reporter in Edmonton, you you know people in Fort Mac that have been affected by this.
10: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure.
1: Yep. All right. Thank you, my friend.
10: All the best. Yes. Yeah, thank you, Brian.
1: I'm Brian Lilly. This is Beyond the News. Uh, what I mean what a tough night trying to figure this out. as you know if you, if you haven't put this in context yet and I've been saying this all day, 80,000 people. that's like evacuating Canada on a whim. But instead of having the rest of Ottawa to go to, you've got to drive through Forest, pull up Fort McMurray on a map. look at all the the parks and wilderness around it. Don't go away. When we come back, Odette Legault is standing by. An Orleans woman who's lived there for the last three years evacuated last night. We'll get her story next.
0: Beyond the News with Brian Lilly. Join the resistance on Facebook and Twitter at CFRA Ottawa.
1: Just off the phone with my friend Lauren Gunter, columnist with the Edmonton Sun. Maybe you've read him over the years in Sun Media and Newspapers and the National Post, uh, one of the most uh, insightful columnists in the country, but also a guy that will go out when time calls for it, when the time calls for it, and, and figure out what's going on. And right now he's gone from Edmonton up to Lac La Biche. He's there. We'll talk to him in just a few minutes. By the way, if you want to donate to the Rebuilding Project, the project that we've started, you can donate to the Red Cross, you can donate to whatever charity you feel is right for you. And I encourage you to do that. Please donate to help the people of Fort McMurray. They will need so much help, but make sure it's a good charity. At the rebel.media, we've partnered with the Red Cross. We will be sending 100% of the proceeds to the Red Cross to help whatever happens. Our goal was to raise $100,000 over the next several days. We launched eight hours ago, and we've raised $50,000 already. We just crested $50,000, $50,170. And the Rebel put in $10,000 as a company from our staff, our supporters, our friends. I put in $500 of my own money. And if we can get 10 more people donating $500, I'll double my donation. Do that by the end of the show. I'll double my donation. Not that I won't anyway, but we'll see on that. This is something that we need to... I I can't think of another another tragedy of this scale of 80,000 people being evacuated. Odette Legault is one of those people. And she, until a few years ago, lived in Orleans and... Odette, it was what three years ago that you moved out because the job market was changing and you thought you had a better chance out in Fort McMurray, correct?
12: Yes, that's correct.
1: So you've spent the last three years out there. Tell me a bit about the city. We've heard about the devastation. We haven't heard a lot about the city. I was speaking with my my friend, my colleague Ezra Levant earlier, and he said, oh, "You got to see, you got to see Fort McMurray. It's a beautiful." Beautiful town of 80,000 with seven different rivers flowing into it. It's beautiful. And, and that's not the image in my head. What? What's before the fires hit? What's the town like?
12: Well, the main city, the downtown city, is sort of like in a valley. It's very close to the water. And um, yeah, you're right. There's many rivers around uh, Fork McMurray. And then the, you've got the suburbs. The suburbs tend to be on the cliffs. So you have some older suburbs uh, as you go into Fort McMurray, and the more recent suburbs that are further up north. So yeah, eighty-eight thousand people all told are living there. But when the, the camps are full, we have over a uh, hundred thousand people.
1: Yeah, well, I'm told the camps can be as many as forty-five thousand. That's correct. That I mean that that's crazy. Uh, you know, so you're from Orleans. The population of Orleans is between a hundred hundred and ten thousand. I keep comparing this to Canada because Kanata is a little bit smaller. Uh, the camps are not, from my understanding, are not in danger yet, and that's where many of the evacuees went. Uh, but the main city, about 80,000, you say 88, that, that's Canada plus then. That's like Canada and CARP being told, get out now. Yeah. <laughs> this, I mean, that's, I, that's I, I can't understand. People. So yeah. what were you doing yesterday? What was your day like? before the the evacuation order went out.
12: Well, um, I get up early in the morning. I have to get up at uh, 4.15 and drive to work. So I did that. I was at work at 6.30. It's a long way. All the plants are very far away from the city. When I left, uh, the sky was blue. It really looked like the four days of fires that we had beforehand were gone behind us. I felt really relieved. So I drove to site, and um, I, I had an errand to drive into the city. I now, had to be hold there.
1: Hold on. When you say you were driving to site, were you driving up towards the oil fields and the camps?
12: That's correct. That's okay, correct. Okay, so, so, so you live in was, town.
1: Do you live yes, in town or one of the suburbs? Okay. No,
12: I live right—I'm in downtown, right where the major of the fire is right now.
1: Okay, so you drove into into site, and and then what happened?
12: Um, So I had a meeting at uh, 2.50. I would have to leave the site around just before 2. And uh, I was preparing to leave, and then uh, my colleague rushed in, and she said, there's evacuation. I said, what do you mean? She says, I have to leave. My kids are evacuated out of the school. We have to leave our home. And I said, well, I'm going out. And uh, so I closed the whole area, and we left. But I I, honestly... I didn't think much about it. I just thought perhaps it's smoke. The children have to leave, and uh, they're evacuating the area because it's not healthy.
1: So, how far the, the, most of the oil fields are north of the town of Fort McMurray? How far How far north are you at this point?
12: I'm uh, my my plant is south. I'm at Nexum,
1: so okay. it's
12: a forty five minute drive from uh, my area of where it is.
1: Well, I have to say you were very lucky to be south of the city when this
12: happened at that time yes however as i'm coming in um the fire that's where the fire was it wasn't in the north it was in the south of the city so in order to get home i had to cross the fire Uh, and uh, so as i came home it looked like you know uh, you often see those mushrooms for uh nuclear bombs It looked like that going in the sky, and as I was getting closer, it was pitch black. It was, by now, it was quarter to three, and it was like nighttime.
1: And um, go ahead. We were just speaking with uh, Bill Forche from Mm -hmm. CTV Edmonton, and he was in Anzac. So were Mm -hmm. you down at the the Long Lake Project? That's correct. Okay, so you were just south of where uh, Bill is. And and they've been moved out of there now because of smoke, because they're pushing back the perimeter. So you were down there, and you drove back up towards town, back up towards Fort McMurray.
12: That's correct. And as I arrived, it wasn't moving because we had a wall of fire on the left-hand side, which would have been the west side of uh, 63, and the cars were all parked. And I arrived just at the, the McKenzie area, and I thought, well, you know, if I take the McKenzie, I can kind of just scoot around this. And uh, as I scooted around on the McKenzie, I saw that the fire was on both sides and, and the cars were going in between. And by the time I got to the McDonald, fire was on both sides. Wow. And so... Uh yeah, it was it and it was dark, it was it was snowing uh dust uh, um and Yeah, uh, I
1: mean the dust is coming down that much you compare it to snow.
12: Yeah, it was like snow.
1: Unreal. Unreal.
12: And very warm, uh just, just exactly like a movie. Speaking Could
1: with they, I'm speaking with Odette Legault. She is a former Orleans resident. She spent the last 3 years out in uh Fort McMurray. Uh, Odette, did you have time to to decide okay, what am I going to take? What am I going to leave with or or did you just have to turn around your car and and head out of town? You're several hours south now you're in saint paul alberta uh what was what was the leaving process like?
12: um well, at that point, I'm not thinking about that. I'm just thinking about how to deal with this. I still am having in my mind that I have to make that appointment. But uh, as it turns out, my daughter calls me, and she says she's going to the airport. And uh, and I said, well, you can't go. I mean, it's impossible. You can't cross. And she says, well, where do I go? I said, go home. And then she tells me that we need to evacuate. And I, haven't, I hadn't been listening to the radio. I was listening to an audio book. <laughs> so uh, I was included in. And I said, well go home. I'll meet you there. And when I arrived, this, uh, my daughter was just going from window to window to window. The smell, the smoke was thick. And um, she basically told me I had to pack. So we packed. And as I'm packing, then we see, you know, where uh, water um, uh, Waterworks is. Waterways is mm-hmm. right now uh so we uh, they, this is fire. a neighborhood
1: I'm becoming familiar with, yeah,
12: well that's All right, so you're near waterways
1: home. yes, I am oh so, i yes, was go I ahead. was just seeing a report that said ninety percent of waterways ninety percent of the homes have been destroyed
12: that's correct,
1: do you know the is state you, of your home at this point?
12: no, I don't. The only, I don't know, you mentioned earlier on there's a lot of waterways, and, and there is. So there's, there's, there is, if you look on the map, you would see there's a sailing drive there, and, and waterways has a sort of a little bit of a river, a little creek that passes, and I don't know if I can stop it at all. But I'm right next, right on, on the, next to that, and we're all brand-new townhouses, uh, a whole new development right there
1: so you're you're hoping that one of the creeks one of the oh, rivers might be what helps save your home
12: true yes i'm hoping that but i i'm also aware that if i have a strong wind those little uh, how do you say in french uh, sparks mm-hmm. will just you know that's all it takes because the soil is incredibly dry it's muskeg and muskeg is like dry moss it's and fire just takes on that very easily. So that's what's on the ground everywhere. It doesn't take much.
1: Just this spark. Odette, uh, thanks for taking some time out during what is, a, I'm sure, a, a horrible, horrible ordeal that you and your daughter are going through. And uh, know that the, the thoughts and prayers of the people of Ottawa are, are with you. And the um, money doesn't mean much at a point like this, but no. people are doing what they can to... Uh, to send you the support that you'll need to rebuild over the next little while. And we
12: really appreciate it.
1: All right. Thank you for your time. Good night. God bless. It
12: was my pleasure. Bye now.
1: I'm Brian Lilly. This is Beyond the News. When we come back, Lauren Gunter, Edmonton Sun columnist, joining us from Lac La Biche, south of Fort McMurray.
0: On the News with Brian Lilly on News Talk 580 CFRA.
1: The wildfires continue to rip through northern Alberta. We heard from uh, Conservative MP Chris Workington earlier. One of his communities, which is high level, uh, being evacuated, they're experiencing their own fire. That's well away from Fort McMurray but uh, Fort McMurray is the big one. 80,000 people evacuated, and thank you to this audience uh, and uh, the CFRA Nation, the Rebel Nation. More than 50,000 raised in just about eight hours. My offer stands, folks. If we get enough people donating $500 or more, I will double my personal donation. That's out of my own pocket. Uh, now, while I'm donating money out of my pocket, my friend, my former colleague, Lauren Gunter, is he's getting himself up out of his cozy zone in Edmonton, And heading north, Uh, Lauren Gunter, Edmonton Sun columnist, joins me now from Lac La Biche. Uh, Lauren, fill us in on what's going on. We've only got a few minutes to check in with you, but where are you and and what are you seeing on the ground? Uh, You're in where people are are leaving to go towards?
6: Yeah, this is a major evacuation center for people who were forced out of Fort McMurray by the fire. There are only two roads out of uh, Fort McMurray and an airport. The airport's closed now because of smoke and fire. So uh, cars and trucks uh, have just been streaming all day. And most of last night out of Fort McMurray down either the main highway, which is 63 or down secondary highway 881, which is where I'm at. I'm at where 881 comes out from the <clears throat> from Fort McMurray. It's about a three-hour drive south to Laclabish and uh, the town has turned over its brand-new uh uh, community center and recreational center to uh, to evacuate. and when i was there last about half an hour ago there were 1200 there already and they were expecting another 600 or so before midnight
1: wow and uh, you know and i'm reading now that 881 that secondary road yes part of it shut down due to, yes. due to a fiery crash uh That's two right. people was dead. A,
6: a semi-trailer uh, involved in a crash and then set on fire which started another fire which we've been told is Leading to the evacuation of a First Nation called uh, Heart Lake, oh, man. and uh, we were actually at the uh, at Beaver Lake, which is another First Nation near Lac La Biche, where they were preparing for uh, 200 people to arrive tonight. Uh, many of them in school buses uh, from Heart Lake, uh, which uh, and they didn't have as much time. I mean, the Fort McMurray residents didn't have much time to get ready either, but Heart Lake had even less time. This real right. sudden fire. I mean, the, the forests around here. Uh, are almost limitless. When you get up in the air, they look like they go on forever. But they're also tinder dry.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've flown across them I, as far north as I've gone in in your beautiful province is is your hometown of Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, what, when you fly over that area, it is nothing but tree, trees, trees, trees. Yep. If there's not a tree on it, it's a lake or a river. It,
6: it looks a lot like. Like northern Ontario that way, the, around <laughs> it Thunder, does, Thunder yeah. Bay, you know, that way. So it's very similar. It's it's part of the same uh, Canadian shield, essentially. I mean, it's not entirely right, but, I mean, for the sake of description, that's pretty much what you're looking at. And uh, uh, it's tragic. Uh, we, the last update we have from the provincial government is that uh, uh, about 1,800 structures in Fort McMurray have been destroyed. I mean,
1: this is a so, huge. Okay, so that, that's an uh, increase from the last I heard. So thank you for that. Yeah. I, I want to ask, though, I, I know you cl- covered Slave Lake. This has already yeah. surpassed Slave Lake. Oh, yes. Where now, pretty much an entire sure. town was, was yeah. wiped out in Slave Lake, yeah, we right? We don't
6: know for sure because uh, there's nobody in Fort McMurray right now except uh, first responders and, and emergency crews. Uh, you know, we One of the reasons a reporter and I, a colleague of mine, had come up this way is that for a long time today, you could get into Fort McMurray up 881, and then there was the horrible crash that led to another fire. Uh, so there aren't many people up there. We're getting a few updates from our colleagues who were there before the emergency was declared, and uh, yeah, it's it's, it's pretty uh, it's pretty bad. Uh, uh, Slave Lake was a little different in that. You know, it was most of the community was destroyed, but we'll have to see just what is, is left of Fort McMurray mm-hmm. when this is done. But there are neighborhoods, uh, we've been told that, especially in the south and the west end of Fort McMurray, where over 80% of the homes have been destroyed. Yeah.
1: Well, I was just seeing a, a graphics board on CTV News Channel saying 90% in waterways, yes. uh, 70% in Beacon Hill. These are neighborhoods that I don't know because I haven't been to uh, to Fort Mac. But uh, you know their neighborhoods
6: of uh, five or six thousand people. Yeah, uh, you know, you're looking you looking y- y- there at 1,200 homes. You and I discussed you so and I discussed, 1, uh, and I discussed
1: the issue of High River an awful lot, yeah. and and uh, we were both there. Uh, what about uh, about a year ago? After the two years after the devastation is still homes yeah. boarded up. These are homes just burned down. Yes. And so yes. there's nothing to go back to. There's nothing no. even to lament.
6: No. And, uh, and that's the real tragedy. You know, you, you get what's important to you. You get your family, your your pets, and you know, maybe your treasured memories, your photographs or
1: when you family get heirlooms
6: or something, and you just get out. But I talked to a couple this evening uh, who had just arrived at the evac center in Lack-la-Bish, uh and they had waited in line in Fort McMurray for four hours to get gasoline so that they could make the drive out.
1: Yeah, that, that, then, that, that's incredible. Before we're out of time, Lauren, I have to ask yeah. you, I know you've covered events like this before, and I keep asking everyone that, that has. Have no. you seen anything with no. this much devastation no. before?
6: No, I haven't. And I've, and I've covered uh, three hurricanes uh, for other reasons, uh, and none of them uh, left any kind of destruction on this kind of scale.
1: All right. Lauren Gunter, you can read him in the Ottawa Sun and other Sun Media newspapers. Uh, his home newspaper is the Edmonton Sun, joins us from Lac La Biche tonight. Lauren, stay safe and uh, keep in touch, my friend. Thanks, Brian. All right. All the best. Uh, if you want to, um, you know, you just feel helpless in, in an event like this. But if you do want to do something to reach out and let the people there know, again, this is like evacuating Canada on a moment's notice. Go to rebuildfortmac.com. We're over $50,000 in just a few hours in raising funds. Rebuildfortmac.com. I'm Brian Lilly. This is a special edition of Beyond the News on News Talk 580 CFRA.
0: You're listening to the leader of the unofficial opposition, the rebel himself. Beyond the News with Brian Lilly on News Talk 580 CFRA.
1: Special edition of Beyond the News tonight. Thank you for staying with me. We're talking about a natural disaster on the other side of the country on a scale that still eludes me. It still eludes me. 80,000 people plus. Let me add that. I've I've just been saying 80,000. Orleans resident, former Orleans resident, Orleans native, Odette Legault, was on with this earlier. She said, no, it's about 88,000 actually. And then there's the camps. So far, the work camps, which are close to the sites, many of them north of Fort McMurray, some of them south. And she was at a a Nexen camp, a Nexen work site south of Fort McMurray, those can hold up to 45,000 people. Many of those who have been evacuated have been sent north to the camps because it was too dangerous to go south to Edmonton. We've also heard tonight from Lauren Gunter just moments ago, drove up from Edmonton to Lac La Biche, an evacuation center, an evacuation center that's not only taking in people from Fort McMurray, but from a nearby reserve which has been evacuated because of a fire started by people trying to leave for Fort McMurray. So far, so far, and I hope this stays this way because this is this is one of the good news stories at this point is that we we don't have we don't have uh, a death toll from the fire in Fort McMurray. Now, I fear that that will change. I hope it does, and I hope that everyone was able to get out in time. I hope that they were able to get every able-bodied person. I hope they were able to get the, the people not able to move themselves. I hope they were able to go into old folks' homes or, or people that were disabled and pick them up and get them out. But also fear that maybe some were just straggling. But at this point we don't have a the fire has claimed X many lives. We've got that it's claimed the latest update we have from Lauren now, eighteen hundred buildings. Most of them homes. Now that's devastating, but it's not a life. A house is not a life. It may be a home, but it's not a life. But just south, towards La Laish towards anzac they they there has been a car crash that has claimed two lives and sparked another wildfire. I can't imagine what it's like to pick up and go like that i um for many years now I've been a little bit of a a little bit of a prepper. Make sure you got food on hand. Make sure you got an emergency bag in the car. You know, the Red Cross sells these bags, and maybe maybe tomorrow I'll have somebody on. I'll be in for Rob snow again tomorrow morning, so you can join me again in the morning, and we'll talk about this, these, these emergency bags. The Red Cross sells them, or you can put them together yourselves. I've, I've had one in the car for years, for so long that I forget that it's in the stow-and-go. But it has the little things that you need in an emergency. But even someone like myself, when it turns this quick, like that, just one minute's good, one minute's not. Would you have everything you need? I I have to say I wouldn't. And I'm someone that has food stored. I got water stored. May or may not have a still. I don't know. But when you're told, get out, leave now. Where do you go? What do you have? We can talk about the memories. We can talk about the clothes. We can talk about the knickknacks, the, the things that we think are so important. But beyond that, there's the daily sustenance. Give us this day our daily bread. Where do you get your daily bread? There will be a limit on what the, the emergency shelters can handle. This is why the Red Cross is raising money now. This is why the government is is saying donate to the Red Cross. This is why we at The Rebel are are working to raise money for the Red Cross, more than $50,000 in eight hours, nine hours now. I may end up extending my challenge to you. Maybe we'll open it up to tomorrow as well. The Rebel kicked in the first $10,000. That comes from all of us that are partners in The Rebel. That comes from our supporters. That comes from the staff. We kicked in the first $10,000 and said, go. This is something we believe in. Will you help us? And people said, yes, we will. We will donate. I've donated $500 out of my own personal pocket, not out of company coffers. I've donated that out of my own pocket. And I've said, if we get 10 people donating... $500, I'll double my donation. Unfortunately, that's not happening yet. Maybe I'll extend it. But we need to to come together. And I have to say that one of the heartening things is that at a time like this, politics gets set aside. Over the last several years, as we've talked about places like Fort McMurray, as we've talked about issues like the oil sands, it's become conservative versus liberal. Right versus left. The oil sands are evil. The oil sands are great. Well, now we've got a disaster on our hands, and it's down to people. And at the end of the day, we put our pants on one leg at a time. And politics don't matter so much when everyone's house is threatened. So today, Roger Kuzner, one one of the happy warriors on the liberal benches. Um, I, I don't know what it is uh, about people from the East Coast. They just seem happier. I don't know. Kuzner one of those guys stood up in the House of Commons before question period. It's a time where they give member statements. The technical term is an SO31. Such a lovely term for it. But there were several MPs got up and spoke about what's happening in Fort, Fort McMurray today. We spoke to uh, Chris Workington earlier about this. Chris Workington gave a moving statement. We talked to him. His riding not far from Fort McMurray, his riding also dealing with wildfires. And during that conversation, Chris and I raised the issue of Luc Berthold, who's the MP for Lac-Megantic in Quebec, which experienced their own devastation. I mean, their entire downtown blown apart two years ago. And he stood up and he said, The country was there for Lac-Megantic, Lac-Megantic will be there for Fort McMurray. McCusner, Liberal MP. Liberal partisan to the core, stood up just before question period today and delivered this.
13: Mr. Speaker, like all other members of this house, I continue to watch the events unfold in Fort McMurray. I had the great pleasure to make McMurray my home for almost 10 years, and I've always bristled at the impression that some Canadians have of the fort, seeing as it it is little more than a national ATM. Canadians who have had a chance to spend time there know it's an absolutely fabulous community. A community that's welcomed people from across this country and all corners of the world. Who have built a progressive, dynamic city with amenities that are envied by cities much larger. A uh, community that has been built with a pioneer spirit by caring, compassionate people, making it a great place to live and a wonderful place to raise a family. I spoke to a number of friends last night who were fleeing the city and the tension and fear in their voices was obvious and understandable. For decades, the community of Fort McMurray has been there for thousands of Canadians. Whenever this ordeal ends, the people of Fort Mac have to know that this government and indeed this parliament will stand with them as they rebuild this great community.
1: I posted the video that Bill Forche, the CTV reporter, was talking about earlier. Uh, I asked him if he could email it to me. He did. It's up on my Facebook page right now. It does not show you the devastation of the homes. Those pictures are out there and you will find them. But if you go to my web page, sorry, my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Brian Lilly, what you will see is one of the biggest plumes of smoke you've ever seen in your life. And, and this is a shot from far off. And instead of driving forward, they're, they're turned aside. more than 80,000 people moved more than 1800 buildings destroyed and that's just one fire you heard from lauren gunter about the uh, the fire sparked by the car crash of people trying to leave resulted in the evacuation of a a reserve nearby you heard from chris workington the mpe about his own community high level and I believe there's a reserve in his area also being evacuated due to other fires. Can you donate? Can you help? I always like to say even $5 will make a difference. Because if enough people give $5, then it becomes $500. Then it becomes 1000 Then it becomes 100000 And I know that this is a generous audience. I know that this is a, an audience that cares. I've been around CFRA for for more than a decade. I've watched as the CFRA nation has said, yes, this is something we want to get behind. Your fellow countrymen are in need. Now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of the party. You can donate to the Red Cross, you can donate to the charity of your choice, or you can go to our website, it's rebuild fort mac that's rebuild fort fort mac m-a-c dot com brian Lilly, beyond the news back after this
0: beyond the news with brian Lilly on news talk 580 cfra
1: We're coming to the close of the show tonight, a, a special edition of Beyond the News. If you've been wondering why I haven't been live over the past few nights, it's because I've been filling in for Rob Snow this week. I'll be in again for Rob tomorrow morning and Friday as well. Uh, but tonight with with uh, Fort McMurray happening and the devastation, we felt that it was important to, to come in and continue to tell you the story, to speak to people whether they had an Ottawa connection or not, I mean, we brought you Glenn Glenn Stromquist, just a guy who lives south of uh, south of Fort Mac, was up for a charity event and he was checked out of his hotel. Spoke to uh, Odette Legault, former Ottawa uh, Orleans resident who moved out there and uh, looking for a better life. Heard from Brian Jones, an Edmonton resident, who, along with buddies, decided, hey, people are in need. Let's let's pack up the car with what we can and drive north. And of course, I've been telling you about the fundraising events or the fundraising efforts. Redcross.ca or rebuildfortmac.ca. That's that's the effort that we're doing at the Rebel, trying to raise money. We honestly thought it'd be a week to try and raise a hundred thousand dollars in we're over $51,000 in nine hours. In nine hours. That is amazing. You are a truly amazing audience, and thank you. I was just speaking with the folks at the the Canada Carlton um, Conservative Association. I'll be speaking at Don Cherry's on uh, Hazeldean in Eagleson on Saturday morning, and if you want to come out and meet me there, We'll accept donations there. We'll find a way if, if you want to to hear me talk and, and and help out. That's a way to do it. Saturday morning, eight thirty. Don Cherries uh, speaking to the Canada Carleton Cons- uh, Conservative Association. Brian Jean is a former Conservative MP who left federal politics to be mayor of Fort McMurray and then become leader of the official opposition in Alberta. He lost his home. He was in the legislature yesterday morning in Edmonton and found out that his home was burning down. He was on with Don Martin at CTV's Power Play
14: earlier today.
1: Here's part of that.
14: Tell us about what you witnessed since you got back to Fort McMurray. Well, Danielle and I arrived last night and we had, of course, uh, immediate updates uh, every 30 minutes from when we left Edmonton and, and this morning as well. Uh, and we have frankly driven into town. We've seen a lot of changes. Uh, those changes are of course personal property has been demolished. My own home has been burnt to the ground. Uh, 50 years of memory in Fort McMurray. I came here in 1967 and um, you know this is the most beautiful, wonderful city in the world. As you know Don, I've bragged about it for a long time and I will continue to do so because it's an incredible place. And I invite you know all Canadians to come down here but I have seen um, my house and my entire neighbourhood uh, burnt to the ground. In essence I had a, a two story uh, bi-level and it's uh, you know house and burnt to the ground, but it's just stuffed on that's why we have to remember to evacuate to have all the people left in Fort Murray to get out as soon as possible, to leave. Please, please, please. I've represented the people here for 12 years. I'd like to continue to do that. And uh, I, I want to make sure that people understand how serious this situation is, how important it is to uh, evacuate and, and to leave and go to Edmonton and Lacklebish or Athabasca. All the communities in Alberta have pitched in and said, you come down there, you phone a line, you're going to get a house, you're going to get a place to live, a bed, you're going to get... Uh, a." you know food and shelter uh, plus clothes everything. Albertans are very kind and generous but the truth is Don this community has been changed forever. Well all of Canada is with Fort McMurray today as I'm sure you know but what is needed? What can Canadians do and what should the governments be doing? Well right now the most important thing is to concentrate on the people make sure they're safe. Uh, After that we can look back in a couple of weeks couple of months and we can uh, see what happened here and make sure it doesn't happen again I think that's the obligation of every government, but we'll talk about those things at a different place and a different uh, at a different time. What we need to do right now is concentrate on what the emergency personnel are saying, and they are saying get out of Fort McMurray immediately. We are seeing signs that the wind is going to change. There are going to be gusts this afternoon, which means that this, wind, this fire and the fires that are surrounding Fort McMurray right now can go in any direction. Um, and that means they could be cut off from Highway 63 both north and south in the future. Uh, we don't want to see that. No loss of life, please, folks. Everything else can be replaced. It's- it is just stuff. Let's concentrate on our lives. Let's concentrate on the ability to come back. And, Don, you know what our Albertans are like. Uh, we are strong. We are resilient. We are hardworking. We will build this community better than ever. It is the greatest community in the world, in my opinion. I love this place, but it will be better, when, and we will come back stronger. And, uh, and, and frankly, uh, we will continue to provide the great economic generation that we do for the rest of the country.
4: Well, just a couple weeks ago, uh, you were arguing in the legislature for a greater forest firefighting budget, and you felt the amount set aside was insufficient. Is there anything that could have been done to prevent the loss of, you know, 1,600 structures in the
14: town, or or do you think this was an act of God? You know what, Don, we'll leave that for, as I said, a different time and a different place. Uh, We will look back and we will make sure that uh, we would do everything possible, that this does not happen again to any community in Alberta. Um, I... Frankly, uh, I'm, I'm very excited about the prospects of rebuilding, and I think we'll do a great job. But, Don, uh, let's leave politics for a different time and a different place. We will be able to look back. Of course, hindsight is always 2020, and uh, things look bright, things look beautiful, and we will make it better in the future. But truthfully, Don, what we need to do and what we need to concentrate on is getting the people out of here uh, and into a safe place so that emergency personnel can do their work.
4: Certainly, some amazing
14: displays of compassion by people helping people there, wasn't it? Uh, Don, we're Albertans. We're not just strong and resilient, but we give more per capita um, than any other place in the world. I'm so proud to be Albertan. I'm so proud to be from Fort McMurray. We are giving wonderful community that is an amazing place to live. And as long as people get out safe, that's the key. That is the absolute key. We can rebuild the rest of the stuff. Uh, this is we have 50 percent of the free oil in the world, Don. 1.9 billion barrels of oil within 200. Square kilometres of where I am right now. Like, that's amazing. That's an amazing uh, ability to generate wealth. And we will be the economic engine of Canada, again, in very short order, I promise you. That's how hardworking and resilient we are. Brian Jean, again, sorry to hear about your loss, and thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks, Don.
1: I can't believe how optimistic he is for a man that just lost his house, lost all his possessions, lost the family business, but... Uh That is the resiliency of the people of Fort McMurray. My name is Brian Lilly. Thanks for joining me on a special edition of Beyond the News. Continue to figure out what you can do to help the people of Fort McMurray. My project is Rebuild Fort Mac. That's rebuildfortmacmac.com. Back with you tomorrow. News Talk 580 CFRA.